Hello, Door Creek Church. Welcome to today's service. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we truly do appreciate that. So we're going to continue our series, Come and See. And today our, our sermon topic is The Good Shepherd. So we're going to be talking about the voice of the Good Shepherd, how to recognize the voice of God and how to know when it's Jesus leading you and you're following him. So our sermon goal today, you see here, is to guide every believer and non-believer in recognizing the voice of Jesus, the person Jesus, and to reinforce that he is the good shepherd and the only way to eternal life. All right. I want to read that one more time because I want to make sure we get it to guide every believer and non-believer in recognizing the voice of Jesus, the person Jesus, and to reinforce that he is the good shepherd and the only way to eternal life. Amen. So looking at who Jesus is and hearing the voice of Jesus. I remember uh, as a kid um, when we when we were kids and and playing out in the neighborhood, you know, all the kids from different neighborhoods playing together. And our parents would tell us, all right, when the street lights come on, you better be at home. And so we'd be playing touch football or kickball or something in the streets and just having a good time and forget all about the street lights. And then a little while after the streetlights come on and our mothers see we're not at home, they come out and they start calling our names. So you got these mothers in the neighborhoods calling names, John, David, Andre, Billy, and everybody recognizes their mama's voice. Well, when it's when it's the neighbors or your friend's mama's voice, you know, it, it might get your attention or something. But when you hear your mama's voice and she says, David, get in here, then you move. You recognize the voice because you know the voice and you are accustomed to the voice and you spend a lot of time under that voice. And so we're going to kind of we're going to look into the scripture here and how we can know the voice of God and not be deceived by other things and by other forces and other voices that will have us and tell us to do other things. So we're going to be looking here at uh, St. John chapter 10. We're going to continue on in St. John, and we're going to look at uh, verse 1 through 6 at first. And this is the voice. My first section is called The Voice. It reads, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone, anyone, all right? Remember that word, anyone, doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what title you carry. Doesn't matter if it's your mama or your daddy. It doesn't matter if it's your pastor, whoever. Anyone who does not enter the sheep gate or the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. All right. So here we go. The history of the sheep pen was that many times in the villages there was there was a sheep pen and, 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 they, and the sheep at night would be gathered in this pen. But sometimes those sheep would have different shepherds and so they would have all the sheep in the pen. And when the shepherds came in the daytime to get their sheep, they would call for their sheep and their sheep would answer because they know the voice of their shepherd. 
And it's the same way. We're in the world and we are surrounded by so many forces and so many things. Uh, people are calling this God and people are calling that God. People are saying, oh, the spirit of God is the spirit of God is this. Listen, you better know the voice of God and only move when you hear the voice of God. He comes at the gate. He's the gate and he comes in anyone that comes that's not coming through the gate or the door is like a thief and a robber. They come in some other way. And here, here you go right here is a picture of this is not the shepherd. This is a thief and a robber coming in some other way, not coming through the door. So you're going to get people who are going to try to tell you things that will try to teach you things or uh, um, prophesy things to you. And, but they are not representing the voice of God. I call it prophet lying or prophet trying. They're not prophesying to you. They're 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 not hearing the voice of God and they're not speaking God's voice to you. It says anyone who doesn't come through the door through Jesus, meaning Anyone who doesn't come biblically correct or doesn't come sounded in the scriptures or doesn't come with the Holy Spirit using them or comes with some kind of false doctrine or false gospel or Jesus plus, then turn your ear to that voice because they are a thief and a robber. And we know the thief and the robber doesn't care for the sheep. The thief and the robber only wants to get what doesn't belong to them. But the shepherd who loves and cares for the sheep. That's the voice that we want to listen to. All right, so he, he, he goes and says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they what? Know his voice because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, which is Jesus was using his voice in this figure of speech. But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them, which tells us right there. They didn't know the voice of Jesus. He used that figure of speech, meaning his voice. And the Pharisees did not listen. They did not recognize because they were not his sheep. You got to know the voice of God. We got so many devices out nowadays where uh, people have phones and devices in their homes where it, it, it turns on by voice recognition. Um, you say your name or you say something and it recognizes your voice. I mean, it's, it's, it's all kinds of things. But listen, people, we've got to get connected to God to the good shepherd so that we know his voice. I know there's going to be times in life where you thought you heard him or when you moved on your own into intuition and, and, or your own gut feeling. But let me tell you, the voice of God is not a gut. <laughs> it's not other than some people would have a big voice, right? It's not a gut feeling. It's not an intuition. It's not a, hmm, that sounds about right. Know the voice of God. And how do you know? You know the voice of God because it agrees with your spirit and it is always founded and affirmed and confirmed in the word of God. Right. So maybe you're having a little trouble. I've had people come to me and even in my own spiritual walk, this time say, I'm just having a hard time hearing God. I think I hear him, but it's, it's real fuzzy. The, the, the frequency well, you know how it is with the radio. You have the antennas and you're just not getting the frequency. 
It says you got to raise the antennas up so that it connects, so you get the frequency. So if you don't feel like you're hearing from God and the frequency is not clear, raise your antennas. That means spend some more time in prayer. Spend some more time in the word. Spend some more time in praise and worshiping God. Get some alone time and spend with God. And I guarantee you, you'll start hearing and knowing the voice of God. Now, I'm not talking about an audible voice. Don't listen for an audio, an audio voice. Listen for God to speak to your spirit and to your heart. It's not audible. I'm not saying audible, but in your spirit. Amen. All right. So the thief comes in another way. So to know, again, if you're spending time with God and praying, I guarantee you, you'll begin to know his voice because you'll begin to see how God deals with you. Because, you know, God, we all have a, a, a different relationship, meaning uh, we, God deals with us all in different ways. And so how he speaks to me might be different than how he speaks to you. But you have to learn how God communicates with you. So our second portion, it talks about the gate, right? The gate or the door. He says, therefore, Jesus said again, this is after the Pharisees didn't understand what he said the first time. Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate. <laughs> for the sheep, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Now, you see what he's saying here, that he is the gate. He is the gate. So we got to realize that Jesus being the gate, let's, let's go back to that slide, the gate, so people make sure they understand what I'm saying. The gate, that anyone who comes any other way, as he says, a thief and a robber, and any that have come before me are thieves and robbers because they come with the with with a word that is not the gospel. They come with teaching um, and teaching people who have itching ears. They come with their own philosophies. They come with false doctrine. Jesus said anyone who doesn't come through me or anyone who doesn't enter through the gate biblically, you got to be saved. You got to confess that Jesus is God's son, that he died for our sins and that he rose again. If anybody tells you that it's Jesus plus anything else, that is not the gate. That is a robber or a thief or a false prophet. The word of God is plain and clear to us that there's only one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So he is the gate. He is the door. He is the only way that you can get to God. He is the only way that you can get to have eternal life. He is the only way that you can be saved. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we are saved but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The powerful, matchless Name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. He is the gate. And he says, I am the gate. If anyone wants to be saved, they must come through me. He says the thief comes only. The only reason the thief comes is to steal, kill 
and destroy. He comes to steal what is not his. He comes to kill your hope and he comes to destroy your relationship. That's what the thief comes. There's no he doesn't come to be your friend. He doesn't come to negotiate with you. He doesn't come to barter with you. He comes to steal. And as we know, a thief doesn't knock on the door. The thief doesn't come through the door. He finds a way, a sneaky way that he can come in. And Jesus said, if anyone comes sneaking, anyone comes with a false uh, 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 gospel, a false doctrine with 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 words that just make you feel good, that tickle your fancy, that 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 make you puffed up. Then he says, that's a false gospel. It's fake news. It's not good news. It's not good news. The gospel, it explains and it makes it specific and clear that Jesus is the gate. He is the only way that leads to salvation. A little note here. As Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come. That they may have life. And who's the they? That's us. The sheep. That they may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Look, Psalms 23 Oh, Psalms 23 really reiterates that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. So the shepherd provides green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The shepherd, he leads and we follow. A stranger will we not follow, for we will run from a stranger. But the shepherd doesn't lead us to dry pasture, doesn't lead us to, to, to waters that are flowing and that would drown us, but he leads us to still waters and he restores our soul. He restores your soul. And he leads us in a path of righteousness for his name's sake, not our name's sake. But yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for the shepherd is with us. Now this, his rod and staff. This is important for us to understand that his rod, his rod is to defend us, is to keep the predators away from us, is to beat the wolves, the lions and the bears when they come bringing false doctrines. He beats, he defends us with the rod. And then the staff, because sometimes we get a little hard headed. Sometimes we can lose our way and go astray. But the staff, which has a hook on the end, he uses it to bring us back into the fold. So his rod and his staff, his defending us and his comforting us or correcting us, comforts us. Amen. This is the good shepherd. He cares for us. He gives everything for us. He's not a thief. He doesn't have to come through the window. He is the door. And everyone who comes to him must come through the door. He gives us life that we may have it to the full. That means possess it. You will possess life to the full. Have it abundantly. Historians have found that um, evidence that um, shepherds, when they put the sheep in the pen at night, the shepherds would lie across the front of the pen and would act as a guard. I have a slide there. Look, you see that? They would lie across the pen, the gate of the pen, and act as a guard. It says they were effectively a door or gate for the sheep. This was not only to prevent predators getting in, but to also prevent the sheep from getting out. 
Now that's laying your life down. That's giving your life. That's protecting the sheep so that the sheep stay in the pen and the predators stay out of the pen. That's what Christ did for us. He laid down his life. He gave his life. And that's why we call him the good shepherd, the good shepherd. In Ezekiel 34, read Ezekiel 34 chapter. You'll see that um, he, he, he lays it out about shepherds and how we are to care for the sheep, not to feed ourselves and not to give ourselves of the good land and leave nothing for them. But we are to feed them. We are to be diligent. We are to be uh, we are to to watch and be careful with all that God has given us. And pastors, we realize that we are not true shepherds. We are under shepherds for Jesus is the true shepherd of the church. And we are under shepherds that he has given us of these flocks that he has given us and allowed us to care for. But he is the chief shepherd. So let's look at the shepherd. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He cares nothing. He's a hired hand. He has no investment. He hasn't given anything. He's getting nothing out of it. He doesn't care for the sheep. He's just a, 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 a person looking for a job. I just, I just need a paycheck. Listen, I'll do this, but when the times get tough, I'm out of here. When the wolves come, when the lions and the bears come to attack these sheep, I'm out of here because this is not my real thing here. This is just something I'm doing temporarily. He's not best. He's not invested in it. His heart is not in it. He's not called to do it. He's not anointed to do it. He's a hired hand. When he sees the wolf coming, he runs and then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters them. Then Jesus goes on in 14. He says, but again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. This is all by spending time with each other, spending time talking to the Lord, learning about God's word, learning how God loves you abundantly. He said, just as the father knows me and I know the father. I like this. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They, too, will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now, that's when we all come to the end. We know we can have denominations. We can have different churches, all kinds of things and people, you know, whatever differences they have. But the common denominator must be Jesus Christ, son of God, died for our sins, rose again and gives us eternal life. That must be the common denominator. There are other sheep that are up our other pens, but I'm going to bring them all and there will be one fold and one shepherd. The one fold will be the body of Christ that stand, that stood for the gospel and received and accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the one shepherd will be Jesus Christ himself, the good shepherd. They shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. He says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father, this authority, this power I received from my father. This command is what my father gave me. I lay my life down as the good shepherd. I give everything that I have so that you can be saved. I lay my life down so that you could experience peace. I experienced death so you could experience life. I took on darkness so that you could have light. I bound confusion so that you could have peace. I defeated the devil so that you could be free to serve me, to honor me and to love me. I am the good shepherd. He's not just anybody. He's not just an ordinary prophet. He's not just an ordinary shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He lays his life down. He lays it down and he says, and I have power to take it up again. No one takes my life from me. This is my choice. Father, prepare me a body. This is my choice. I'll reconcile man back to the father. This is my choice. I lay it down. And the reason I lay it down is because I know I have the authority and the power from my father to take it up again. Hallelujah. What a good shepherd. What a savior. What a Lord that we serve. Oh, you ought to give God some praise because he loves you enough to send his son, Jesus Christ, his only son. So that we who believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life in him. The good shepherd, the good shepherd. So again, how do you identify? How do you know the voice of God and how do you identify the wolves and the hired servants. How do you know if someone is in it for the long haul or they're just in it temporarily? I found this out in many experiences in life that when you think you can count on people when things get tough and they disappear and they leave, it's because they were never invested. Jesus told the disciples he taught, he said, when he, when he spoke of, of, of Judas, he says that they went, off, they went from us because they were never with us. He was never with us. And so we understand that we can't count. You can't count on people, depend on folks more than God. You've got to depend on God through everything because he gave so much so that we could have a right to live for him. Jesus calls us. He leads us. As the scripture says, he calls us out and then he goes before us. He never leads us in a way that he has not traveled himself. He will never lead you on a path that he will not walk that path himself, that he will not guide you, that he will not protect you. He is the good shepherd and he is, he is in this forever. And his love lasts forever. So knowing God's voice, when it's, again, when it's your voice, it will lead you to serve yourself. But when it's the voice of God, it will lead you to serve him. It's beyond you. It's about others. It's about helping others. And Jesus laid it all on the line. 
And he's asking you to trust him. He's asking you to follow him. He's inviting you to follow him. The only way you can experience unspeakable joy, peace that transcends all understanding, is that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He lays it out to us that we are sheep in his flock. And he is the shepherd. And he loves us. He loves you out there. You are struggling to love yourself. You that are struggling to forgive yourself. You've already been forgiven and justified by Jesus, by him dying on the cross. Now let him love you. Let him lead you. Let him lift you. And let him give you everlasting peace. He's inviting you today to follow him. The wolves will come and the thieves and robbers, they're already here. But I want you to be assured that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And I'm not telling you that your life is going to be perfect. I've been following Jesus for many years. And let me tell you, there are struggles. But as I always say, I'd rather struggle knowing Jesus than to struggle not knowing Jesus. So do you know him today? The Pharisees were still confused. Look how they ended here. 19 through 21. The Jews or this is the Jews who had heard these words were again divided. They were divided. Many of them said he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? <laughs> they were divided. The division. They were divided. Some said he was demon possessed. This is about the third time that they said that about Jesus and, and John. Others said, can a demon possessed open the eyes of a blind man? Remember in the ninth chapter, the man that was born blind. And they said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. He said, this is done so that the works of God can be displayed. Will you let the works of God be displayed in your life? Will you let him display the splendor and the beauty of his will and of his person and of his character and of his spirit in your life? Will you follow Jesus? And what does that look like, following Jesus? Hear his word. Believe his word. Follow his word. Trust his word. And then the greatest challenge probably for all of us share his word oh i'll hear it i'll believe it i'll follow it and i'll trust if you do all those things then there's no reason why you won't do the last share his word and i've shared his word today with you and my prayer and my plea for you that if you don't know jesus christ the good shepherd the gate the i am the only way to heaven. If you don't know him today, will you give your life to Jesus and follow him? Will you follow him? I'm going to pray a prayer 
and you repeat after me, you so desire to give your life to Jesus. The Bible says that if we call on the name of the Lord, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. Romans 6.23, it really lets us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love. He commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ, the good shepherd, the gate, he died for us. And finally, Romans 10.13, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you pray this prayer with me today? Will you repeat these words? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're following the Good Shepherd, we want to know. Let us know so we can continue to pray for you. We love you and we are praying God's great grace and God's great joy be upon you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us.